hey, thanks for listening to us. We're uh, in your earwaves now, and this is First Issue Club <laughs> Podcast. Hey, guys, you came back. Thanks for coming back. Hey, it's us again. <laughs> uh, don't, don't, don't go, don't go. Come back. <laughs> we're here, and we're here to entertain and amaze. It's comic book time, baby. If you don't know, First Issue Club is two things. One, it is a comic book podcast where we review first issues that come out weekly in the vast landscape of comic books. There are virtually hundreds of comic books that come out each week. A bunch of them are number ones. We love to cover them so that you can jump in and read along with us. Maybe you're washing the dishes right now. Maybe you're driving your car. Maybe you're at work procrastinating. Either way, you're with us and we're so happy you're here. This week... We are covering comic books that came out on February 21st. We got a bunch of first issues. This week was... I'm not going to cuss. This, this, this week was so packed with number one issues that it is amazing. We're so pumped about it. We have multiple Warheads, uh, Ghost Thrones, which is the most un-number one comic book we have ever covered, but is technically a number one. I can't wait to get to that comic book. We have Pumpkinhead out on Dynamite number one. We have Deathbed out on Vertigo number one, because that's all we cover, number ones, baby. We got a lot of death happening uh, this week in all of our comic books, which is one of my favorite topics, as you may or may not uh, care. Uh, (laughs) So who do we have in the club today, and what would your perfect funeral be? For yourself. My name's Sam Eubank, and... Samwise Eubank. <laughs> yes. And You're a hype man for our intros today? <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, my my perfect death... It's a funeral, not the funeral. death. Oh, yeah. okay. You can go death, too. Well, I probably died choking on a hot dog, so... <laughs> perfect funeral for That's me. Um, Daryl Hall will be there. Ooh. Uh, oh, Yes. You know, singing some Hollow Notes greatest hits. Um, and I get shot out of a hot dog cannon, um, preferably into a body of water. And everyone. <laughs> a true military death. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully everyone is drinking and having a great time for forgetting me. <laughs> Did, in this hot dog cannon, were you uh, chopped up and assembled into a wiener and then shot out? Like the size of a normal hot dog? Like you're encased or... Like, like yeah, like my ashes are encased in a pig intestine. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> so it's so you're not like put into like a meat grinder? Um, no, no, no. Okay. Hey, I, these are questions we have to ask. Yeah. <laughs> my name is Greg Lichtai and kind of a Tom Sawyer situation here. I, I would love to see uh, m- myself have a crazy wild funeral and what, <laughs> what everyone would be doing. I have different scenarios. One is being shot into space. One is being dipped into lava. But I think my favorite uh, funeral that I can have for myself also includes a large body of water. I want like a pressure-infused glass coffin with cameras around it, and I want to be dropped into the ocean into like where the lowest point is so people can watch into the ocean and like see what's in there. It's like a live cam. The cameras won't be on me, but they'll be out into the ocean. So if there's like something cool or sinister down there, people can look at it. And I'll be down there just hanging out. 
Take that, James Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> if we back up, I like that you said that you wanted to be just dipped in lava. <laughs> yeah, like a... Like, like just dip like me fondue. in and then put me in a coffin <laughs> so that my molten remains. This, that funeral is sponsored by Dairy Queen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so only half of you is dipped in lava. Yeah, just lava-dipped lick tie. Okay. I love that they turn as they turn as. Wait, can I his uh, <laughs> his base upside down and nothing falls out <laughs> like a blizzard? Can First Issue Club um, buy some sponsorship on your coffin now? Yeah. Ooh, oh yes. yeah. Yes. Ten bucks. Perfect. Okay. That's ten more than I had a minute ago. <laughs> um, my name is Caitlin Morosik, and I would want to be drunk as a soup. Um, for my funeral, there are actually tribes that will cremate bodies. And put ashes into a stew for everyone in the tribe to consume, so that you can live on. And I think it's just, I think it's kind of gross, actually. And that would just be my final. Ha ha. <laughs> gotcha. What, you got to drink me. What I kind would, of soup? Um, Ooh, probably tortilla, cream of mushroom. Yes, tortilla. Tortilla. Yes. I'm down. Caitlin Chowder. I am Budget King. Once I feel death is a coming. I am going to routinely, yearly, um, fill myself in the same clothes that I will be buried in. So I'll get in the coffin and I'll go, that's all, folks. <laughs> and so then that video will play. So the vid- and it'll be updated because I will, I will have gotten into my coffin that year and videotape that. <laughs> and then as the, the things are happening, it's also invitation only. Um, Ooh. If you don't have an invitation, you can watch on www.mikesfuneral.org. <laughs> um, streaming. And then so you watch that, and um, all it is is uh, hopefully I die before my wife does, and she has a boom box, and it's a CD of the single. of We actually sang this last time. Or the Green Day song, Had the Time of Your Life. Mm-hmm. It's a single, though. It's not the full album, and it skips. It's scratched. <laughs> so it, sk- it skips uh, endlessly. And there's there's nothing, and people just have to figure out like, do they leave? Did they stay? <laughs> well, the joke's on them because their pews are actually coffins. <laughs> yes. Yep. And then yeah, it's like a loop. It's a death loop. <laughs> and that's all, folks. That's a really good idea, though. Like every year when you get past like seventy, just tape yourself going, "Bye, everybody." Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's been but good. Then play them all in like a succession. Like, it hasn't you have been to good watch that good. every year. That's like, so there's like just five minutes of you going, bye everybody, <laughs> yes. bye everybody, yes. bye everybody. Yes. Wait, I think I think I changed my phrase to thanks for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get this podcast started. Now let's get into Deathbed on Vertigo uh, by Williamson and Rosmo. Deathbed covers a young and troubled writer as she is at the end of her career and she gets the call of a lifetime to cover a mysterious uh, and wealthy figure's autobiography. As the story continues, we see the writer arrive at the old, decrepit mansion of the soon-to-be-dead heir that wants his autobiography written. She walks through the house and sees all of these treasures and trophies that he's collected over his life and her interest is slowly peaked more and more as she walks through the house and stumbles upon the room of the man that wants his autobiography written. And then it gets fucking crazy. (laughs) It does. Because... In some ways, this comic is two comics. How so? 
it's the comic of a of a writer who has failed, and it's the comic of a immortal fucking god that just is going to destroy mummies. So that was my question: Is he immortal, or is he just like a badass? This is like the most interesting man. The the comic book. self proclaimed. Yes. yes, that's what I was gonna say because he seems like kind of grandiose, but out of touch with most realities. And I don't know if he's immortal or not, but he's like a Tasmanian devil of killing, and he has great butt cheeks because he's just killing <laughs> in the nude. Yeah, full on ding dong in this comic. Yeah, full on. Full frontal is something that will always sell me on a comic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> normally when you hear full issue. frontal, you're like, oh, I'll probably see boobs. Nope, nope, I don't care. But Whatever it is, <laughs> it seems like that personality uh, a little bit of flavors of like the tick where he's just larger than life he's like Mm -hmm. very um confident in his own abilities to vanquish his enemies right type of thing i i like that you said that it was kind of like two comics because i don't know that i'm equally interested in both of their stories hers is a little bit less you know wild chaotic fun but it is relatable i think and i really like the way her this is going to sound weird but I like the way her body is drawn. She is drawn in a more real fashion than some of the mm-hmm. the other art regarding women's bodies, and it was really refreshing yeah. to see. I completely agree. Especially, so one of my favorite panels is like three pages in. She is on the toilet smoking a cigarette. Yes. And she's going through her phone, of which you see she drunkenly made out with a lady. She drunkenly made out with a dude. There's like condoms on the floor. There's a dildo. There's lots of pizza eating. And she's just like. Lots of drinking. Yeah, lots of (laughs) drinking. Um, And she claims that the proudest moment of her life was in fourth grade, third grade, where she got, like, an award for a short story. So she is just a ball of, like, I don't know. uh, A ball of millennial angst, perhaps. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. She's living... The quintessential hot mess. There we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But a talented hot mess. Mm Mm-hmm. At least at ghostwriting. Let me tell you a little side note. Um, There's an advertisement for a Justice League uh, double uh, vinyl album in this comic book. That you can get in green, silver, red, or black for the Justice League movie. If you find yourself buying this, um, also go ahead and buy a pass to like a I don't know psychologist or <laughs> something like that because that is fucking worthless and I think it is so stupid they are trying to sell that <laughs> in a comic book. They're just really pandering right now. Yep. Remember that great score from Justice League? Well, now you can own it on an overpriced vinyl. Yes. That you'll never listen to. I did love this book. I was a little thrown off by the title, Deathbed. I thought we were going to get a comic just about a bed that, <laughs> that killed people. Like rubber or whatever that was? Yeah, like rubber or, yeah. Oh, rubber. It's like a rated R <laughs> bed knobs and broomsticks. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like you lay in this bed and it's just like, <laughs> just like chews you up all of a sudden. Do you think we'll have like an M. Night Shyamalan twist here? Like, the last issue is actually, there has been no adventure at all. It's just this old man telling this woman a story. Well, they also, she's talking to her publisher in the Mm -hmm. beginning, and she's written, she's writing a book. A novel, yeah. She's writing a novel. So what if this is her novel? Oh. I like this, like. I would be really into that. Nothing's actually happened, but this is her writing her novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On her own deathbed. Ooh, what a Ooh. twist. Ooh. Full circle. 
Yeah. On Dynamite this week, we have Pumpkinhead, words and art by Bun, Shepard, and Strom. For each of man's evils, a special demon exists, is the basic synopsis of this book. Um, For 30 years, the demon of vengeance has been still, its corpse buried in a pumpkin patch graveyard in the hills. But when a reckless driver accidentally kills a pair of children, the creature is called up once more. This time, the monster's intended target is protected by a cruel, backwoods crime family. They hatch their own supernatural plans for dealing with Pumpkinhead. For each of man's sins, a special demon exists, and when seven infernal creatures roam the hills and the hollows, hollers, no one, guilty or otherwise, is safe. This book also has a really fun backup story that I think will be ongoing, too, as part of the series. Um, and it's it's really fun. So <laughs> it doesn't sound, like, very lighthearted or fun, but it kind of read that way to me. Um the connection of demons to these seven deadly sins and, and also sort of being patr- patron saints for children was like super weird oh, and yeah. twisted yeah. and fun to me. I loved it. It was kind of really strange because like in the beginning, there's just this old woman was like, okay, go pick out your demon. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's demon day. Go get the one you like the okay, most. But if you don't, it's going to pick you. And don't you wish that was your grandma? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who said who said it wasn't? So we haven't we haven't said this yet, but this comic book is based off of the nineteen eighty eight film also titled Pumpkinhead, about a kid who is being made fun of, um, and he like falls down a well or something to that effect, and he becomes Pumpkinhead and he ex- the entire movie he kills everybody that was like picking on him. So the the kid becomes Pumpkinhead? Or the yeah, the the, the main character. Yeah. Oh, so it's he, like a a mantle you take on, like Black Panther or like Batman, like in the yeah, in the first one, Pumpkinhead is a badass. I'm kind of wondering oh. if this is like a separate Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead had like a two and a three, and I and it was I don't actually know the origin of why okay. Pumpkinhead exists, but this this is diving into the origin of that. Okay, okay, you don't need to see that movie to enjoy this comic, and I think you none of us here had seen it, so no, yeah, never, nope, so. I nope. I just like without having that knowledge in this first book, you can't really tell who the bad guys are, which is kind of fun too, because you've got this backwoods crime family, you've got this woman Haggis, um, who is exacting vengeance for people by calling down demons. You've got there's this crime family, no well, no, a different <laughs> family of hillbillies that maybe physically abusing their children. Like, you don't know who the monsters are, and it's great. So I think they killed the other people's kids, and that's why the vengeance is going to happen on them. The crime family killed the hillbilly kids. Yep, yeah. We got a a hillbilly In a hit and run that the sheriff is trying to figure out, but no one will talk to the sheriff. I think she's a woman. And and she's black, I think. Yeah. Or, yeah, she's black or Hispanic? Not white, yeah. 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 Um, And... It's like a a tangled web. Yes. I, I've never read a comic book that reads like a B-movie horror flick. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Was, As I was reading this, was I was just like, is this a straight-to-DVD movie? Like, this is incredible how, like, it reads so cheesy and so, like, over-the-top horror at the same time. Mm-hmm. It was—if you love horror movies and you love comic books, this is, like, literally oh, the comic book for you. Totally. 
Why is it that all every small mountain town is just so fucked? You would think they'd yeah. be the they they're, are, is, they're like, isolated. They can do their own thing. Yes, they want to live in peace and harmony. No, nope. They have the most tangled web of them all. Well, it's because they are are their own law and their own order and their own. You know what my own law is? Tell me. Pizza on Friday. <laughs> That's a law. It's a I want to be in Greg's cow. law. Pizza yeah. on Friday and brush your teeth with gummy worms. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Those are the two best laws. Okay, but you have to think about. Greg it. Greg is somebody, actually a character in this comic yeah, book. Yeah. If somebody were to come visit you in the holler, your gummy worm brushed teeth would probably scare the shit out of them. But they'd smell nice. Well, no, they wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think well, they would. And they would while you're brushing them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> ow, 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 ow. I loved, I loved the art in this book too. Yeah, Kyle Strom. Uh, he did the the backstory yeah. thing, and he does uh, Strand. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of a person with a uh, more apt name to illustrate this book than Blackie Shepherd. Oh yeah, <laughs> he killed it. Yeah, yeah, so good. Was was the character Haggis just doomed from the beginning with a name like Haggis? Yeah. yeah. That's like a, that's a, that's somebody, that's what you name your kid if you want them to just have a terrible life. Yeah. yeah. What's the name of that thing you eat? I think that's also think called it, Haggis. Yeah, Haggis. Yes. It's yeah. sheep stomach. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She, and she looked kind of aloof and maybe a little out of it, like she wasn't all there. Uh, when pick, she was a kid. Mm-hmm. The only thing worse to name your kid is pickled ball sack. <laughs> That's worse? <laughs> yeah, Caitlin, it is. <laughs> I had an uncle pickled ball sack. <laughs> I, bet, okay. I bet he had a terrible life. He had he, all his teeth. I mean, he, he rose above it. Yeah. He made a name for himself. Now they call him Dr. Pickled Ball Sack. He's a doctor. Mm-hmm. That's Dr. Ball Sack to you. Yeah, but kind of like an honorary doctor, like Dr. Dre or Dr. <laughs> Phil. Dr. Phil, yeah. Uh, so that was Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. So let's let's say this about Pumpkinhead. We almost didn't. We, on face value alone, a B movie horror movie from the '80s coming out with a. I think this is only five issues. I don't even. I don't know that for sure. Shocking. On on Dynamite, you might pass over this book, and let me tell you, friend, you have done yourself a disservice if you did that Agreed. this 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 week. Yeah, fully. Because this book is just on pure fire. lunacy. It's. <sighs> It's fun. Yeah. It's a little fun. Yeah. It's like, it's like innocent evil. Does that make sense? I don't know if it's really all that innocent, but it just like feels like there's not really high, high stakes evil happening. From what I understand. Because like you're, I don't know. From what I understand about Pumpkinhead is it's like you're kind of actually rooting for the evil. Yeah. Maybe that's kind of, it's harmless evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just let him do what he wants to do. You mean when he killed that guy? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, harmless. Listen, pumpkin heads will be pumpkin heads. <laughs> so we just have to. Every every time they run across pumpkin heads, there's like pumpkin head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not again. What do, do we say about oh, killing my farmers? Trails. Do you think he gets offended when they call him pumpkin head? <laughs> pumpkin head. I like I like villains who are named after their physical attributes. Like accordion neck or uh, ooh, I hated those movies. Yeah, because it's dick not. Ears. It's not <laughs> dick ears. It's not like he can speak English, and so he's like, actually, please call me John. <laughs> they would just be like, oh, what the, f- <laughs> what is that thing? Yeah, it's actually John Pumpkinhead. <laughs> Pumpkinhead was my father. <laughs> this is, a, and it's the root of his anger. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No one taught me words. I have a name. 
People just call me Daddy's Cankle. <laughs> Daddy's Little Cankle. What? <laughs> it's Daddy's Little Cankle. <laughs> That'll be my biker name. Cankle Daddy. Cankle Daddy. <laughs> I like a good pair of cankles. What can I say? <laughs> leg straight to foot. <laughs> if that leg straight to foot, I'm straight to foot. And we have multiple warheads, Ghost Thrones, which is billed as a one-shot. But let me tell you, unfortunately, this might be the most non-number issue or non-first uh, issue that we have ever covered on First Issue Club, because this is actually the end to an arc of multiple warheads, which is a story by Brandon Graham that came out on another series of comic books that he published on Island. Uh, so it is the end of it, but let me, let me try to paint this picture of what Multiple Warheads is and how beautifully fucking awesome it is. So here we have Brandon Graham, um, one of the most prolific comic book writers, a person that I credit for my love for uh, comic books in general. Uh, he did uh, King City and he did Multiple Warheads, first out on Oni Press, then um, he re-released it in color on Image, and it is uh, an amazing story um, that follows the story of a couple, um, Sexica and Nicola. Uh, Nicola is a werewolf, Sexica is a retired organ smuggler. Brandon Graham does not tell traditional stories. He is not concerned with that. He has no interest in any, any of that. In fact, his, a lot of what he's doing in comic books is deconstructing comic books in, in general and telling stories that are about, uh, like, worlds and, and, and exploring them through just, like, the, the, un, the, the um, feeling of feeling an emotion through a comic or something like that. In Multiple Warheads, we have uh, essentially there's going to be a heist on a grand wizard. And one of my favorite parts in this story is um, Sexica, uh, Kitchen Sink, and uh, the shark's name is Bruno, turn into what is visible as ghosts. They look like little tiny sperms uh, to everybody else. <laughs> yeah, not ghosts at all. <laughs> we know what you're doing. <laughs> right. Um, I think they call those blanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They become blanks. And... Uh, <laughs> This story is straight nuts. There is, at every turn in Bend, there is weird stuff happening and in the best, weird in the best possible way. The way that he deconstructs a comic book, I have never seen anybody do. It feels more like you're earning a story than you're being told the story Mm -hmm. because it's immersion. You're not going to get a sense or a scope of that. You're not going to immediately know who the protagonists are walking into a story like that. You're not going to, it's more, it's not storytelling in that sense. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but the, it just popped into my head that it felt like I was earning it the more I was reading and the more I was looking at different details, trying to read the language and making sense of it. Totally. It, so here, here's how I would, I would sell this book to somebody. When you walk into an art museum to have a, what I would consider a good art experience, if you just said, oh, I can't paint any of that and I'm awe-inspired by like all these people that could paint things that I couldn't, you had a shitty-ass museum experience. And that's fine. If that's, that's all you want in life is to just be like awed by, by things you can't do, fine. 
<laughs> if you went to a museum and, and you thought some different things that you never thought before, you were inspired, you were sad, you had like emotions, you had a different sense of yourself, like you, you just, you started thinking in different ways that you couldn't, you, uh, or you weren't before. Um, that's what a museum should do for you, right? It's like, it's that, that's what art really is. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what Brandon Graham is trying to do with comics is he's just saying comics are so much more than spandex and superpowers. And that's one of these rare gems that you have right here with multiple warheads. This Brandon Graham has been crafting this world that we read in this book for years. He's been doing multiple warheads for years and years and years. And these characters, you can watch them grow and interact with one another and, he he really has told this epic story over, you know, these anthologies, and then finally in this final chapter we have now, uh, they these you meet these characters and they get separated and they meet new characters who you grow to love and they develop as characters and they all come meet together at one point again and then they separate again and they you lose some you gain more and it's really just like a huge journey that you're going on that you get really invested in and. It has its own unique language, and he forces you to look at the comic a different way, like hold it up to the light to see the reflective image on the back to get like a more in-depth uh, storytelling process. And I think not a lot of people do that, and that's one thing I like about Brandon Graham is uh, his uh, his uh, his his ability to tell a great story and his um, commitment to the reader. Yeah, multi- yeah, totally. Multiple Warheads is like, it, it's like an uh, adventure time for uh, adults. <laughs> yeah, for uh, sure. <laughs> they find this circle that's going to lead them to the wizard, and they say, We only need to find one of the half-dead monks bound to him that will make a better door than he does a window. The, the absolute pure insanity that just happens in this book. I will say, though, it's not nonsensical. Like, If you've had time to synthesize it as you're reading along... As it's evolving as a story, yes, not not for me. <laughs> like it was totally nonsensical. Okay. Like, I felt like I had a loose understanding, but you had again, you have to earn it. Like you're not being, it's not being told yeah. to you. Like if I was a parent and I found this in my son's room, I would be like, my son is doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I would say my my son has achieved a higher state. Of- <laughs> Of being, tap him on the head and say, "You don't need to go to school anymore." So, so can you explain word bonding or them using words literally to get out of situations or using words as actual actions? Words have power. Ideas have meaning. Yes, which I lo- I mean, obviously, thematically, I love. But no, what's the co- like? Is that just part of this world? No, that I, we're- yeah. So, okay, what, what Caitlin's talking about is in, in the heist, Sexica and Bruno are going through, and um, Kitchen Sink is kind of navigating them from a remote location. And then he sees that Bruno is uh, in some type of peril, so he says, I'm going to word bond with you. And the words become a weapon. They become a, a way to transport him. There, you know, There is magic in multiple warheads of which the rules... Uh, Maybe they exist, but they, we don't, we're understanding them as the story unfolds. And so at that point in time, we find out, hey, the, the kitchen sink has the ability to word bond, that, which means he could be words. Yeah. It seems <laughs> so like, like the you rules... can say pull down and then you just carry the words pull down. And if you need to pull something down or you need to be pulled down, you use them and it happens. Yeah. Right? Exactly. I, I think, yeah. It's a little bit, 
and then that could change, right? And then the right. Yeah, it seems like the rules exist, but they can be ignored or broken at any moment. I will say this is a type of this is a comic book that makes me excited to be doing this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> because this is these are the type of comics that I treasure. If and I I remember a time when I like was I'm sorry to just keep on talking. So you guys need to say a bunch of shit after this. <laughs> <laughs> let me say this in a form. Let me say this in the form of a question. Do you remember a time when you you didn't have money and you maybe only had like a handful of comics and so and they were out of order, but those comics like meant a lot. Do you remember this issue of Punisher where he just like listed all the guns he had? It is so fucking beat up. I still have it, but it's just I looked at that motherfucker hundreds of times and drew like every single gun that he had and things like that and would just like fawn over it. This would be the perfect fucking comic to just look at for years. Yeah. This book probably belongs in like a tree house or a fort for kids. They after school they run there and they thumb through multiple warheads and try to make sense of it all. This is this is what being an, an adult must be like. <laughs> Did you guys have comic books like that? Like where you just like looked at them over and over again and they Yeah, I had like um anthologies of like Foxtrot and like Family Circus and Calvin and Hobbes. Like, I had a shit ton of those, and those are wrecked because I would just read those over and over yeah. and over and over again. I, I read a shit ton of Calvin and Hobbes, the books, over and over. That was the books I would, well, comics I would read before I went to bed. But other than that, I feel like as a kid, I had random, like, Ren and Stimpy comics. and yeah. It was mostly my older brother's comic books, and I would take those and thumb through them and then get yelled at for touching them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> These comics remind me of Red and Snippy. I'm glad you mentioned that a little bit. Like, just pure zaniness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a treasure. I'm excited to, to have gotten it. I'm glad that I convinced you guys to cover this. <laughs> I'm glad Image does it. Yeah. Because it doesn't, it seems like it'd be way too indie for any major publisher or semi-major publisher to just pick up and run with. Yeah, and I think that that's the beauty of, of Image or Oni Press that originally did it, is they're yeah, like, yes. you know, doing like crazy shit. I think, yeah, and Island, this is a huge plug for Island. Like, if you've, if you've never picked up Island, I don't know where it went. I went on the subreddit, I went on the Image subreddit today and just said, where did, it, where did uh, Island go? Somebody tell me. I don't, I don't know where it went or why it wasn't <laughs> successful. Um, but it was... You know, it was zine culture in in mainstream publishing, uh, comic bookness. Doesn't really matter here. Um, we had a bunch of good comics as we do every week. Thank you to the creators. Thank you to the listeners of this podcast. Um, thank you to uh, KCUR eighty nine three for letting us record in, in their studios. Thanks to Matt Hodap for editing. Thanks to uh, Primary Color Music for making us. Uh, our theme music and thanks to the fountain city frequency family of podcasts that feature uh lots of other podcasts that you should go check out and see all the goodness that they do so many good podcasts <laughs> what oh, so many yeah totally yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of them yeah fountain city frequency. a lot of them that make more sense than this one yeah. <laughs> it's a good point yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we're still on there <laughs> yep you're gonna be yeah doing yourself a service if you listen to those and <laughs> we're the oh my god we're the multiple warheads of podcasts <laughs> we totally are uh you can find us online <clears throat> on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, and be sure to rate us on iTunes with a five star rating and a review. Yep, F I R S T First Issue Club. That wasn't even a word. First Issue Club. Uh, first Issue Club. Yep. 
we got uh, business cards now. So if you see us in person, we'll probably hand you one. Mm-hmm. Might have one of our faces on it. My pockets are chock full of them. Mm-hmm. And bananas. <laughs> Just for that random TSA <laughs> pat down. <laughs> all right. It's time to say our goodbyes. This has been Budget King, and that's all, folks. This is Kriglikti signing off. I'm Kayvon Rossick, and I'll show myself out. And I'm Sam Eubank. Later. Bye.